Bum, 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 bum. It's cold outside, there's no kind of atmosphere, I'm all alone, more or less. Let me fly far away from here. Fun, 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 in the sun, sun, sun. I want to lie, shipwrecked and comatose, drinking fresh mango juice. Goldfish shells nibbling at my toes Fun, fun, fun In the sun, sun, sun Fun, fun, fun In the sun, sun, sun Smakeheads podcast starts now Hello Smakeheads, my name's Jed Shepherd, And I'm Daniela Phillips Thanks very much for joining us once again for Smegheads, the Red Dwarf podcast. Your your hello wasn't as enthusiastic as mine, Daniela. What's up? I think it was uh, the shock because you were really loud in my ear. I'm, I'm trying sorry. to recover. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't hear my own the volume of my own voice because I'm still a little bit sick. You're a bit banged up. It's a sympathy. Thanks for all the sympathy, guys. Um, Was there any? No, not really. Okay. No one sympathises with boys no, when they're sick, are they? No. Like you've got a cold, you know. Man flu take, take is a some killer. Take and get over it. <laughs> um, that's what I've been doing, and I am okay. nearly over it. So uh, no need to worry, people out there. Um, how have you been? I've been good. Yeah, uh, I feel quite full today. Just had a big. Breakfast. So myself and Daniela, we <laughs> planned to have have breakfast or, or stroke lunch. No lunch. Yeah. Lunch. Um, after recording, um, and she stuffed herself. I feel like I'm going to digest you in this hour with you. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'll be ready for round Just two. jump around, run around yeah. and digest all that. I have an active uh, podcast calories. today. Okay, yeah. that, that's the plan. Um, and this is a great one because... Uh, actually, we'll, we'll get on to that in a second. Okay. Um, what else have you been up to, Daniel? Um, what have I been up to? What were you doing with that, with that mystery thing? I, yeah. So last night I went to a Halloween uh, museum mystery at the Greenwich Maritime Museum. Okay, so tell me all about that. Which was awesome. So basically we arrived and um, everyone gets sort of, con- we all congregate in the map room. And Okay, uh, don't worry, that's just my Mac about to explode. Okay, yeah. um, and then we find out that um, the, cura- the manager of the museum has disappeared along with okay. this lover bond pin this artifact they were unveiling. So okay. we have to go around the museum and interview people and, right. and try and find the pin. So you've been a real life Jessica key. Fletcher? Yeah. Except, but, but did any, no one's died uh, as far as you knew, but maybe no, the no, owner no, of the museum. No, no one died. No okay. one died. But apparently this, this pin was haunted and it, and it, um, causes people to go mad and kill people. Love a bond pin. Okay. Yeah, and then what did you have great. to actually do? So Just... we went, we went around the museum looking for clues. Right. And we got to interview different people, so the security guards. Were you and Nick? Yes. Nice. Um, PR people, uh, the cleaners, mm-hmm. the recreators, the historians, people like that to try and figure out what had happened. Okay, nice. Yeah. And who, did you find the person in the end? Or? No, because we, weren't, we were never supposed to find the person. That, although that was our okay. mission, he has he had effectively disappeared. So he left a recording at the end. Okay. Just to say that... So basically... Spoilers. Well, it, it was a, it was a one-night thing. Okay, so. right. <laughs> so basically, um, we figured out that um, it was all a hoax. But oh. they were trying to generate PR for the museum. So the PR guy and Very the managing meta. director had pretended that it had driven him mad. But in doing so, 
the managing director actually did go mad, so he wow. disappeared with the pin. Self-fulfilling prophecy. Left us a recording, basically nice. informing us of that. Guys, I hope you ain't spooked out there. I hope yeah, you're not hiding behind sorry. the sofa for that <laughs> terrifying story. Is this coming out on Halloween? Um, yeah, it yeah, is actually. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a good oh, Halloween oh, wow. story. Do you know you. what I want to dress up as Halloween? Uh, me. No, there's this, this character from one of my favourite films ever. It's quite an obscure one. Um, Edmund, his name is, from Jurassic World. Okay. Um, I'm going to dress up as him. Um, <laughs> I could get confused. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm not really dressing up as Danielle's boyfriend. I am dressing up um, as... Uh, I'm going to John Carpenter. Oh, um, uh, basically yeah. everyone I know is going yeah, to that. Yeah, John Carpenter's playing all of his like music and Halloween-y stuff. And... Uh, be it'll be amazing yeah, basically yeah. the best halloween you could possibly possibly have i guess Pretty much. you're a film nerd yeah. um are you doing any trick-or-treating daniela no i will be sitting at home under a blanket okay. watching some films what films um i usually watch the shining i haven't got around to it this year okay. so classic. i'm probably watching Going the shining the classic, yeah and maybe maybe my horror film Daniela which I gave to you two weeks um, ago yes and I d- and if you remember correctly I said to you text me and remind me in the evening that you oh, didn't okay. so yeah. I'm partly putting the blame <laughs> okay, on you okay <laughs> uh, well my film's won another another award and yeah how, how's your week been Jed <laughs> thanks for asking Daniela <laughs> <Finally>. wow <laughs> so <laughs> 30th of October guys remember that <laughs> yeah it's been fine just doing the same old stuff uh, yeah film's been another bunch of festivals playing uh more scandinavian places you're big in scandinavia big in scandinavia (laughs) yeah it's really weird really weird more european stuff uh playing in america next week some carolina some unusual places hopefully we win big there uh we're in a bunch of bafta and oscar qualifying um um film festivals as well so it would be nice to win a bafta or an oscar i'm not fussy okay that's good to know. Either or. How insufferable will I be if I get oh a BAFTA or an Oscar? Mm. How insufferable? Yeah, you'll be unbearable. It'll, be, it'll just be, like, oh, be crazy. Yeah. I'll, wear it ra- I'll wear an Oscar around my neck. Like they're a, quite like heavy. A I've held an Oscar before and care. they're quite heavy. Uh, whose Oscar have you held? Um, I can't remember the name of the guy, but... Um, oh, because w- you do it every day? Well, um, I was at an, an evening with Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> as you are. Yeah. And we were in the sort of VIP area and there was a guy that had come along and brought his Oscar. So, and I well, think it wasn't Arnold Schwarzenegger. That it was wasn't it. Arnold Schwarzenegger. It was some sort of, I think, special effects. Or, oh, they don't or, Yeah. So, but, but he'd won an Oscar. Okay. So he, he let me hold it and I had my picture taken holding an Oscar. Nice. That, that's yeah. kind of cool, yeah. uh, I guess. Um. Yeah, so guys, if you are uh, near a film festival, check out Dawn of the Deaf, hashtag Dawn of the Deaf. Let us know how uh, it goes and what you think of it. That'd be good. Um, Also, I've I've got some good news on my record label type things. I've been asking this guy called Ariel Pink, this uh, singer stroke producer. He's produced for Madonna and Sky Ferreira and a bunch of other big people. I've been asking to release his stuff on my label for ages and... Basically hitting a brick wall because it's kind of a pipe dream. But finally, finally, he said yes. So I am releasing um, a double cassette tape for Ariel Pink and R. Stevie Moore. Um, and it's the album called Ku Klux Glam. Um, 63 songs. I don't think anyone's ever wow. managed to fit 63 songs on a tape. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't even know if it's possible, but I've said I'm going to do it. So I've got to find a way. 
Um, so that'll be my uh, autumn uh, treat. Sounds fun. Yeah, it will be fun, I guess. <laughs> um, but enough of admin, uh, Daniela. Let's get on yeah. to the episode. Let's crash on. Crisis. Yes. We went to this we one. Went to, we did. Holy cow. If you remember back to that episode, that <laughs> mini episode, <laughs> like did, a year ago. I didn't remember bits of it. Yeah. <laughs> That, that the mini episode, which have, it went down the tree, uh, well, our journey. When we got on, go into the wrong station. When, yeah, because because Daniela <laughs> was assuming we were going to some completely other studio, well, Universal Studios you, or something. You didn't like, tell me which studio we were going but you to, were like, so I assumed. But you were like, yeah, no, don't worry, I know the way, I know the way. And I'm like, Daniela, are you sure this is the right station? Yeah, 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 it's fine. And then we, we had a look and went to the wrong place. But it was good. We... Um, we saw it and uh, we commented it on that podcast. Yeah. So you kind of know our our pre non spoilery thoughts, and now you'll find out our real thoughts. Yeah. On this episode, now this my ho- thoughts have changed. Wow. I know. Interesting. Yeah. Let me give a little bit of intro. So this episode, uh, number five, the fifth episode in series eleven uh, of Red Dwarf, um, and this one's about crisis about Crichton sorry having a midlife crisis and some would say that the series of Red Dwarf is having a bit of a midlife crisis because it's gone through the kind of that young youthful energetic stage and now we're entering this kind of almost embarrassing cringeworthy stage where you kind of think should it still keep going should it still keep wearing those costumes should it still keep running around and doing those things um I think it's I think it's great that the cast have got older and they haven't like been replaced for younger, newer models. That yeah. they are showing them as older gentlemen now. Still don't kind of understand why Rimmer being a hologram is aging. I think um and Crichton being a mechanoid. I don't understand how he's aging but i guess those are the things you have to kind of see past for for red dwarf Um, and and i'm happy to because um so far i've loved this series and hopefully by the end i will still love it so uh let's smash on with the episode okay um starts off uh with list and rumor in their bunks which is great um and uh if you remember this being filmed daniela i I don't know if i was whispering to you or whispering to myself in my head i was like wow this bunk these bunks look look great. To yourself. Yeah, okay. Because they had those lights behind. Because the problem with the bunk scenes before, yeah, I guess they were in shadows. You couldn't see the details, all of the things that are pasted inside the bunks. And they're always shot from quite far back. But now you're right in there in the bunk with them. Yep. You can see every little um, newspaper clipping that Rimmer has on the wall. Arnie does it best. You can see all the zero-G um, football stuff that Lister has uh, on his bunk because they have those two kind of uh, lighted panels behind them, which is great. I think they should have that in bunk beds all the time. What do you think? Do, do adults use bunk beds? I was talking about this at the weekend because my cousin <laughs> has just okay. put bunk beds up in his house and I was like, bit weird, bit weird. If you're in the army or if you're <laughs> in uh, dorms for like college and stuff, um, yeah, why not? Um, also, if you have, haven't got a lot of space and you're in Japan or something, you have one of those bunk beds where you sleep at the top and, and your office is in, at the bottom. Yeah, but having like two bunk beds for adults. Yeah, that's a little bit weird. Weird, isn't it? But maybe you just don't like your wife that much or your husband. So. Mm, okay. Yeah, but Fair you still point. want the intimacy of being in the same room. Um, yeah, bunk beds <laughs> is the answer to solve any marriage problem um yeah i just thought it looked, looked great and there's there's lister trying to trim his uh toenails with hedge trimmers yeah. which i thought was a very lister thing to do um but this is this harks back to the to kind of the, the glory days the halcyon seasons of red dwarf seasons one to 
well, one to six really, but what, series one and two had the best bunk scenes. And I think this was this was right up there. Yeah, it was a good I bunk scene. Um, I, I like that they were trying to kind of give a nod back to the kind of people who've stayed with Red Wolf all this time, giving us what we want. And we want bunk scenes. In this conversation that they have, Rimmer suggests that to Lister, uh, that Crichton does everything for him. Do you do you think that that's been the case over the series of Red Dwarf? I think so. I think I think it's become more the case. I think previously Lister was a bit more, oh, you should be your own person. You shouldn't you shouldn't be that's doing true. stuff for us. But I think that that sentiment has disappeared slightly. Yeah, it's always uh, do your own thing, be your own person, Crichton. Except for when I want my dinner. Yeah, and then Crichton better have his dinner ready. Yeah. Or the um, Lister special. The Lister special, yeah. Oh, what was the Lister special again? It was just everything we're going to have in a minute, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> basically. Um, but what would be a Daniela special? What would be your perfect breakfast? If you had a Crichton for yourself, right. what would be your perfect... Ooh. What would be the Daniela? I quite like a bit of sourdough with avocado and bacon. Sourdough with avocado and bacon. Yeah, that's pretty good. And a bit of sriracha. A bit, a bit of sriracha on top of the avocado. What's sriracha well. again? It's like a hot sauce. Nice. Okay. Mm. As being a, a pescatarian, a vegetarian, I would just want to kind of like mess up everyone's ideas of a perfect breakfast. And the Jed would be halloumi on toast. That's pretty good. That's pretty halloumi good. Maybe some burger sauce at the side because I love burger sauce. No, no avocado with that halloumi. No, what? No, no I'm I'm not uh, living a 19th century queen life. I don't think they ate avocado a lot in the 19th century. Really? No. Okay, but that's kind of what I think. I think it was boring. Pheasant. Kind of a posh thing. Kind of. Uh, I I don't know. No. I'm, I'm not into that for breakfast. An avocado, maybe yeah, lunch. Yeah, it's good for you. Yeah, but I'm not talking about what would be good for you. What would be? What would sum you up? Would an avocado sum you up? Um, no, it wouldn't sum me up. Okay. Cause I don't think any breakfast, see, I'm not a big breakfast fan because I don't like eggs as you well know. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, I'm not big on dairy products either. You can't kind of have a nightmare to go to breakfast. With, I love basically. bread, but it's not good for me. So I try not to have it often. So breakfast is not my favourite meal of the day. So this is interesting. So it sounds like you're going through a midlife crisis yourself. <laughs> not maybe, maybe a third life crisis rather a breakfast than a midlife crisis. Because you seem to kind of like push against all the things that are nice like bread's nice but it's not good for me this is nice but it's not good for me um because no. you're trying to look after yourself you you, you can see your own mortality a bread, bit like Crichton. bread is the only nice thing eggs and dairy aren't nice but would you say <laughs> that you're possibly going through a kind of not a crisis but you are looking at your own mortality and trying to look after yourself Probably more as you get not, older because i've been like this for quite some time okay so it's not a new thing Okay, you, well, kind of sound a bit neurotic then, a bit <laughs> no. like, like crying. No, I think eat what you want, drink what you want. Yeah, do I, what I you think want. Any, everything in moderation. I don't believe in like fad yeah. diets. I've tried them before and it never works. It's rubbish. That, Life's too short to starve yourself. That's very true, and that's something, some advice that um, Crying should have been given because he is having a bit of a mare of a day. Yeah, he is depressed. He's like, what's the point we're all going to die anyway the universe is going to expand and then contract and everything all the good things that mozart and beethoven would have be, would have done it will disappear in, into nothing mm. do you ever kind of get depressed when you think about the kind of the enormity of the universe no i don't <laughs> well i no do you ever think what's the point of it all no do you ever think like if you give like money to like a homeless guy if you give like 20p to him do you think what's 20p. the point yeah this isn't going to help 
this isn't what's the no, point? No, I kind of think I give when I give money to homeless people, I kind of think I hope this goes towards food. <laughs> but yeah. uh, you know, give them the benefit whatever, of the doubt. whatever whatever brings happiness to this person's life. Well, some I went to the Winchester um planetarium like okay maybe like a year ago and it's amazing um it sounds like a real random thing but it, they have the best planetarium in the uk i've been as to far the as I'm planetarium that's oh, pretty good go to the winchester one you would really? you would love it yeah it's brand new fully installed multi-million pound one um and i was watching us fly through space while the commentator was telling us like how many billions of stars there are and how insignificant we are in the universe and i was just like what is the point of anything and you come um, out of just seeing something so astronomical. What is the point I of us, po- a little speck of dust in the universe? What's the point? I think the point is that we are human beings and you want to kind of live, enjoy yourself and live your best life for possible. For what point? For, for what reason? For, for, your own, for your own selfish reasons, to make yourself happy. Yeah, but what, what does that contribute to, to anything? Why do you have to contribute to anything? So you, you're agreeing that there is no point in life? No, I'm not saying that. But what, what, what is the point? Of doing anything. To what, make yourself happy. So the point of the whole universe is just for you to be happy? Yes. I don't think that's the point of the universe. I don't know what the point of the universe is. I don't yeah. know if anyone would know that. But I know that um, the point to my life or is, is I'm going to make myself happy. Okay. Okay. Um, no matter who whose uh, neck you step on. No. <laughs> okay. I'm joking. Of course not. <laughs> um, Okay. Well, the, well, yeah. I mean, these are these are big things that Crichton are thinking of, and Crichton is almost inconsolable. Um, and they kind of want to show Crichton uh, that there are things out there um, that make him significant. He isn't the insignificant kind of person he thinks he is. Um, and I think he's having this because it is coming up to his birthday. It is yeah. his birthday? Um, and I hate birthdays. I'm a bit like Crichton. I hate birthdays. I, I love birthdays. I hate dwelling on on yourself. <laughs> I hate dwelling on the fact you're old. What's the? There is no point. I've always been like since I was like a little kid. Since I was like two, I was just like, yeah, I don't want cake, and I hate birthday cake. Well, you don't like cake yeah. and dessert anyway. Okay. You're weird. Now I'm starting saying it out loud. Maybe I'm starting to kind of like see why why I hate birthdays because I hate birthday cakes. And you, so you love birthdays. You love I, uh, getting yes. physically older. It's my birthday in two days' time. Happy early birthday. <laughs> when this comes out, happy birthday tomorrow. No, no, two days' time when this comes out. So it's three days from now. When this comes out tomorrow. Yeah, so two days from when it comes out. So it won't be the next day. Yeah. Yeah. I know how days I know how days work. Yeah. Um but yeah, so well I'll try to say happy birthday, but okay. you've kind of ruined it now. Sorry. So like, <laughs> yeah, have you said happy birthday. birthday the wrong day. I said like tomorrow, have a happy birthday. It won't tomorrow, be t- it won't be tomorrow. Day. Yeah, there you are. Okay. Got it. It would make sense <laughs> if your birthday wasn't Halloween though. Oh, uh, really? <laughs> <I'm only joking. laughs> um yeah, so um, this is the reason why he's kind of gone through this uh, particular crisis because he's seen his own mortality because it's his birthday, um, and uh, because um, he's going through a midlife crisis, Red Dwarf does something that's a little bit cringe. But at the time when we were watching it, Daniela, we loved it, didn't we? Yeah, I thought it was it was good. So yeah. crying comes out. Well, while they're trying to say, like, let's do something good for Crichton, he comes out in his new red Ferrari-esque suit. Yeah. Um, it is tragic, but it, I think it's funny as hell. And, and, and very slapstick. 
I must and cringy at the same time. I must admit, watching okay. this episode for the second time, I was bored. Really, I was bored. But you I, were loving this scene when I he was dancing was around yeah. and spinning around. Yeah, during, uh, when watching it filmed, watching it live, I thought, yeah, this is funny. This is great. But and you could even hear it, and I, I thought I yeah. could hear you on the soundtrack. There were really? people hooting with laughter. I wasn't hooting. Well, the people I've really never loud. Hooted. And like the, the last time I heard um, a Red Dwarf audience hoot with this much laughter was during Polymorph when Crichton was simulating having sex with Rimmer when he's taking oh, his boxer shorts gosh, off. Oh gosh, that was there's nowhere near that level of. Yeah, funny. no, but that's what if if you heard the, the sounds yeah. from the crowd. Yeah. Though I do think the mix of the uh, audience whoops and laughter has been a bit weird, unusual yes. this season. Um, but there was loud audience whoops, yeah. um, and I found it hilarious. And like, while mm. we watched it live, um, Crichton spin around to grab that bottle within the actual show when it was um, it edited all nicely. Yeah, yeah. Um, his his head stays still while his body spins around, yeah. which I thought was nice. Um, but yeah, he's showing off his new cringy midlife crisis um, projected into this kind of red Ferrari esque body, and this is kind of what what middle-aged men, men do, do yeah. when they're worried about mortality and they kind of want to relive their youth yeah. they go out get a ferrari try and go after the younger girls yeah as i say yeah. glad they didn't um, change us for a younger crew yeah exactly which was a nice joke yeah cat getting all one. the best jokes again um and yeah and and, and something happens that you obviously must like Crichton and cat do a dance yeah that was pretty good yeah but i, I don't know if it's because i'd seen it filmed live and yeah. we'd obviously seen scenes filmed a few times but what yeah. watching this back this was probably my least favorite of the series i wow. felt really bored by okay. it okay but you're not alone i think a lot of people just reading reviews uh, for this episode they did feel this was a little bit cringy and a little bit kind of 90s kind of past it comedy yeah. um but I, I was trying to see past that um okay. because sometimes Crichton episodes can be a little bit dour sometimes they can be great I loved the, the last day and I loved I love Crichton. Um but yeah, maybe this episode was a little bit I mean Crichty TV in the later episodes of Red Dwarf is shockingly bad, one of the worst. Um but I think this one is definitely not one of the worst Crichton, Crichton episodes. Um in fact, um I, I actually quite like it. I like okay. it better than some of okay. the other episodes this season. It's obviously better than Twentica, everybody knows that. Uh no. <laughs> um so they decide, uh, in order to kind of help Crichton with his midlife crisis, they decide to find, uh, suddenly find a ship with a, a mecha board to show Crichton how much he has evolved uh, while he's been a member of Red Dwarf. And uh, this is something that I didn't know that they, they did, but apparently this is something they do. They go into stasis until they uh, the autopilot goes ahead and finds... Um, a ship with a, a mechanoid aboard. Yeah. Why don't they just do this all the time? Why I don't know. they just set it for Earth and just say, <laughs> yeah, wake us up when we find Earth? Yeah. It's very strange. Although they have found Earth once before, if you remember, in the episode Meltdown, um, where they didn't know it was Earth. But that's yeah. actually Earth in the future. Um, so, yeah, they, they, they go into stasis and the ship wakes them up when they have uh, found uh, another ship with a mechanoid aboard. And this ship, um, its name rings a bell, it's a Nova 3 ship. Um, and the Nova 3 is obviously a little bit earlier than Nova 5 where Crichton was originally found. So aboard the Nova 5 um, is a mechanoid that is a little bit of an earlier generation to Crichton. So technically, it should be a little bit less advanced. The Crichton should be more advanced. Yeah. Um, and obviously, being Red Dwarf, you know something unusual is going to happen. You know it's not going to be exactly straightforward. Um, so uh, they f they go into this ship, um, the Nova 3, and the mechanoid's called Butler. 
which is a bit of a kind of an easy joke. Yeah, I guess. I, I didn't have a problem with the name. Well, what did you I think? had a problem with Butler. Okay, tell, tell me Butler's what Butler's a dick. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> Butler why? is a dick. Why is that he Butler annoyed a dick? me. He was a Because n- he's so great. He's a know it all um doesn't get into it. I was on me. I was on Cry- no. I was on Crichton's side. I found him really irritated and annoying. No, not in Butler wasn't irritating. That's the whole thing about Butler. I think he obviously knew his stuff, but I think he was being quite gracious. He was he wasn't rubbing but, it in Crichton's face. He he was a dick. Why? <laughs> I didn't he, like him. He was like, "Oh, do you, do you paint uh, Crichton?" And Crichton's like, "No." And he's like, "Do you um do you uh, write? And he was trying to help Crichton along, I think. Um, he was it was actually more advanced than Crichton. And I, and I think he was trying to help Crichton along a little bit. He was trying to be nice. I, he could have been a little bit more dickish. I think the character, um, the actor who played him could have been a lot more dickish. But I think he played him in, in such a way, it made you actually like Butler. I found him annoying. I don't understand. You hate people who are like good at stuff. No, no. Why do you? Just, ha- I mean, just how we treated. If you, if you go, I mean, if you fast forward to the later scene, yeah, and he's they're trying to pronounce something, and he's just constantly going back. Ah, ah. He was helping him <laughs> along. I was like, for goodness sake, give the guy a break. Yeah, okay. Well, we were just correcting him and just yeah. being a bit of a dick. But trying to help him. Oh, I, don't, I just found him annoying. Okay, <laughs> that, that, that's, that's fair enough. Um, but here we are um, with um, Butler, who they obviously thought was going to be a little less advanced, but who obviously is doing quite well for himself all by himself on a ship. He hasn't gone crazy like uh, Crichton had on the Nova 5. He has built himself an amazing ship where he's filled full of paintings and art and um, amazingness. Um, And I think the guys have kind of seen Butler and uh, seen their own mechanoid and just kind of want him to join Red Dwarf themselves. Um, I think Butler would be... I agree he would be annoying if he was on Red Dwarf and he was just so perfect all the time. Yeah. But you know all these scenes on Red Dwarf, especially this series, where Crichton has been Mr. Know-it-all, he's been um, the exposition mechanoid where something uh, happens that but they don't know. But he's been useful. Yeah, but now you're starting to question, does he really know it? Is what he's saying actually true? Or is he just projecting a, a little nugget of knowledge he's got um, into a whole big story? Because it's proved here that when he's trying to do stuff, he doesn't actually know what he's doing. Um... So yeah, so this what what the Nova Three. Let's go back a little bit. Nova Three. What it was trying to do is find um, a space station, which was a research space station, which was trying to find um, the voice of the universe. Because apparently, pre- people previously thought that the universe had a, had a voice and he could speak to it, which is a little bit of a reach because no mm. one's ever mentioned this before. No. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, so they're all on board the Nova 3 and they're seeing all these delights. Um, and straight away, because I think uh, Butler is an intelligent droid, he knows that they'll eventually want him to join Red Dwarf. And he says, well, I'll come board for a bit just to hang out, but I don't, I really don't want to join Red Dwarf. And Rimmer's like, well, this is definitely an upgrade if we can get him aboard. Um, so Butler does... Uh, join uh momentarily and they're on board a starbug but they're attacked by gelfs and is it me or is has in every single episode so far uh of, of this series um another ship's approached them or there's been another ship yes whereas in in the whole 
rest of Red Dwarfs seasons one to ten. They don't ten. come across any, hardly anyone. It's so rare. It's so, space <laughs> is so big. They come across getting, anyone. <laughs> the traffic. Yeah. There's a lot of traffic. And like Grant Naylor, I'm um, sorry, um, uh, Doug Naylor wrote all of these episodes. So didn't he think it was a little bit samey? Every single episode that comes across a ship, almost always like um, Gelf as well. Um, but this girl, Gelf, looked kind of cool because previously we've seen Gelfs and their masks have been like really kind of bad, like just slapped on kind of gunk on their face and, and just a big furry kind of like suit. But here it actually had features. It looked yeah, like a proper um, rounded um, creature that had a kind of a past, which I thought was cool. Um, and uh, uh, Butler actually knows this gelf yeah uh, which is great so further infuriates Crichton because um here they are in a situation where potentially uh the crew of red dwarf will come across uh, an enemy who might kill them butler's there just to just to solve save the day save the day once again um so obviously right now Crichton is counting uh, down his days because they found someone who can replace him have you found that at, at work, Daniel, that when someone joins, you kind of like a little bit suss of them straight away because you think, is this person better than me? No, not really. Really? But I work as a specialist in an area that nobody else has knowledge in, so I don't really Very have that scenario. Do do that, yeah. <laughs> um, but if another specialist who, who knew your stuff came in, would you be suss of them or would you be confident in that you, that you knew your stuff? Um, I think I've got a bit of a head start over everyone else, so I'd be confident, yes. So if there are any train specialist experts out there, I don't know exactly what you do. But if any Nobody experts does. out there... Um, Interoperability. Please uh, contact us on Twitter and, and throw some <laughs> questions about trains at Daniela yeah. and see if she can answer them. Um, train safety, is that what you do? Interoperability. Into what? Interoperability. Train interruptibility. 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 You're, interruptibility. You're, you're saying that that's a real word? <laughs> yes, that's Interruptibility. Word. Interruptibility. Has anyone ever heard that word before? Inter, interruptibility. Interoperability. Interoptibility. <laughs> this isn't a thing. It is this, a this thing. is like them trying to tell Crichton how to say... <laughs> inter, interruptibility. Okay. Get, yeah, it's, more or less. Interrupt. It's not a word. Um, so, so Butler... Um, um, Talks down the the gelf and and says they're friends and stuff, um, with a perfect accent, of course, and this makes Crichton very jealous, of course, because he's been shown up once again, um, and then but then Lister says to Crichton, um, I've been through a midlife crisis myself. I I went through the seven stages of grief, and Crichton was how long did that last? And Lister's like five minutes, um, which is was. It's quite funny because you don't They're tougher up north. They are tough yeah. up north. They don't wear jackets. Um, yeah, but like you should. I, I like how Lister is trying to show that he's kind of like a hard man. Um, but we forget, like in, in in episodes like Thanks for the Memory, he's actually quite brokenhearted yeah. um, about lo- losing his love of his life. Yeah, I like the fact that in this episode and in the next episode as well, that he tries to relate to a crew member and takes them aside and talks to them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's quite nice actually. He's always he's always looking out for his his crew. I mean, I know like uh, uh, Rimmer is really the the highest rank, but Lister it has been the de facto captain since day one, really. Yeah, the leader. I'd yeah, say. which is great. Um, 
And the butler has to go, though. Butler has to go and help his girlfriend out because... Thank some, goodness. Yeah, so butler's, <laughs> butler's away. But before he goes, he makes some kind of adjustment to Starbuck to make them more efficient, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then this is where Crichton gets happy because um, butler messed up. Um, his improvements were not compatible with Starbuck um, and could basically cause them to crash. So Crichton is loving it. Crichton's like, yeah. Butler messed up. And um, almost... He's basking in it. Basking in his, smug, in his smugness. Um, so they have to crash land somewhere or at least go somewhere really quickly to kind of uh, park while they make um, improvements. And uh, the computer finds them something that's nine hours away and it is the space station, the space station yeah. uh, that the Nova 3 was looking for the whole time. And I hated this entire scene. Oh, me too. It, it was, was the awful. worst. Did we see this scene? Yes, we saw this scene. I did scene. not remember it. So I think I must have blocked it from my memory. The reason why you can't remember it, because when we saw it, it was they played it on a video and everything was just white. Oh, uh, okay. So it was like a green screen thing, but all white, I think. Or was uh, it green screen? I, I can't remember. Mm. But um, all we saw, yeah, we didn't see any of the space thing or the, any of the twirling kind of arms of the spaceship twirling around or any kind of stars. It looked fine. I just didn't like the scene. It looked all right. It yeah. looked like an Omega cutscene. Um, but yeah, it looks all right. Um, but then uh, they, they're in front of some kind of um, panel and there's a phone on there. And this looks a, a little bit like, well, it looked like straight out of um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, this whole mm, bit. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting. Which I don't like. You don't like Hitchhiker's Guide no, to the Galaxy? Really? I don't. No. I mean, it has dated a little bit, but it is almost perfect sci fi, I think. I didn't like the film that came out like 10 years ago, but like the series, I think it's perfect. It's, it's great. Okay. And obviously Red Dwarf rips a lot of it off, which is fair enough. If you're going to rip something off, rip off something from the best. Um, so yeah, so um, they pick up the phone and apparently that phone's been um, on hold for ages or, or call waiting for ages. Uh, Rumor picks up and almost messes it up. But Lister, being the de facto leader, passes the phone over to Crichton um, to say that, Crichton, you know your stuff, and tr try and make Crichton feel a bit better about himself. Um, and there is the universe, and yeah. just cringingly... <laughs> yeah, cringingly, the universe sounds like uh, Morgan Freeman, which is, come on, guys. This isn't... This that joke or that kind of meme. That's, that's just been happening for ages. Like... I know people think that um, Morgan Freeman's cool and that he can—he is the voice of God because he's played him before. But no, the thing is, which just really, really lacks writing. Um, so yeah, I can kind of see now. I'm kind of talk myself out of liking this episode. Yeah. Um, so um, the universe tells uh, Crichton that he's a bit miserable because um, he is about to. Well, he's halfway through his lifespan, and the universe will eventually die. So what's the point? So. The kind of funny part here, I guess, is that the universe is having a midlife crisis. Yeah. Um, but Crichton kind of talks him down and says, well, uh, the point of uh, the universe is love, which was mm. which was a bit weird. Mm. And he uh, and said so the universe created love, so there is a point it, of the whole universe. I thought it was a bit strange that Crichton came up with that because... Crichton's a robot, so yeah, why would he? Why would he feel love? <sighs> no, but maybe he doesn't feel love, but he recognizes it. He recognizes that it's something that makes human. But what is love to the universe? And was the universe meant to be God, or was it meant to? Or is the universe no, something separate from no. God? It's just a physical manifestation. It's se separate because there was a there was a comment about we don't know what happens when you die. So yeah, which which was kind of strange. Mm. Um. 
So would you, you again? I, I thought this uh, scene felt really, really, really last minute. I didn't like it. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people like it. But I mean, it's kind of a sci-fi trope, um, having a phone line to to the something bigger and to God. Mm. It's been in a bunch of sci-fi films. Maybe riffs on two thousand one a little bit. But yeah, it it wasn't great. Hang uh, on, what scene in two thousand and one did I have a phone line to God? Um, not the, a phone line to God, but um, seeing something kind of mystic out there and talking to the universe. You know, at the end where the, there's that voice. That goes, oh right, yeah, yeah. Welcome yeah. to blah blah blah. Yeah. Um, don't touch He's Europa. You can, yeah, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, but yeah, so um, that kind of happens, and then they're back on Red Dwarf, and you just think, okay, if they have a, a hotline to to the to the universe, why isn't don't they use that to kind of find stuff to go home, to find Fiji, or to to, to do anything that they're meant to do? Why are they so happy to go back to the lives they were living when they've touched the universe? It's kind of it's kind of weird and makes no no sense. And I mean, it kind of like. It's one of those things where in Red Dwarf they come across all this machinery and all of these they meet all of these people that can help them kind of progress and evolve and get get to where they want to get to, but they never use those things. And is that because they're so stupid and they're snakeheads and they don't realise the kind of the significance of all these findings, or is it just bad writing? Or um, I think it's more of a case of um, the writers want to make interesting, fun episodes and bring all these different like. Do this different technology and things in, but you know it's never going to end the series because then we wouldn't have any red dwarf. So we just yeah. bring it in for one episode. But I can understand if they find a bit of machinery and maybe that can't get them to the, to, to to the end. But meeting the universe surely could could mean that they can get to wherever they want in the universe, or or maybe maybe the universe will come back at some point. But I just think you've reached the pinnacle. You've reached the very end of all all. That that you survey, that man surveys. Why would you not use that to kind of do something better? He seemed a bit hopeless, though. The universe, to be honest, he, he seems like a, like a lost child, like a, like a teenager. Yeah, like, a bit wet. He was a little bit. Um, but then, uh, so Crichton's back on on Starbug. Um, Still feeling smug. Feeling very smug, and he calls up Butler, and he's like, um, "You don't hear Butler, but you can kind of know that Butler's being polite because Butler is nice." And Crichton goes on full smug mode, um, and uh, he says, "Oh well, we met the universe." Um, just thinking that they never re- uh, that the Nova Three and Butler never reached their goal of finding the universe. Um, but Butler has already met the universe. Obviously. Obviously, yeah. They have Be- a nickname, Uni. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he has them on speed dial. Yeah. So at least we get we get an actual ending to this episode, yeah. which which is yeah, great. Yeah, get, gets points for that. Uh, and we also, uh, yeah, we get an ending, and we get um, the whole sentence kind of like set out without it kind of cutting through it, um, like we haven't had in previous episodes. Mm. So yeah, so what do you generally think of this episode, Daniela? I didn't like it at all. I found it a bit boring. Do you like? Any of the interplay between Crichton and the crew, all of his kind of... I mean, they kind of got away from all of the mid- Crichton's midlife crisis stuff quite soon. And he kind of got over that quite fast, didn't he? Yeah. Um, no, I didn't really like any of it. What, what about Cat and Crichton dancing? It's fine. It was... But it, it didn't... It no, didn't, it yeah. just didn't do it for me this episode. Not even the fact that we went to I know. Pinewood. I know. We sat down there. 
And we saw it. And don't forget, in some of the scenes, one of the scenes uh, where uh, Lister's there eating cereal out of a box. Do you remember he came into the audience and offered the audience some cereal? Some cereal. Yeah. But do you remember, because we were in the second row, he offered us everyone around us besides us. Yeah. That's a dick move. <laughs> Craig Charles. No wonder people don't like this this episode. Um, but I feel like they had to do this episode um, because you kind of have to address the fact they're getting older yeah i guess it was okay but i've really loved all the episodes so far and i just felt this one was a bit flat in comparison okay that's right i can't argue with with you there this is one of the weaker ones makes a change yeah (laughs) (laughs) it it is one of the weaker ones of this series um alongside twentica um <laughs> and it's not as good as Officer Rimmer. But do you know what? No. A lot of people don't like Officer Rimmer. Really? Yeah, they think it's oh, just a, a bit of a sellout. I loved Officer Rimmer. Um okay, but we've got one episode left. I Next know. episode. I'm trying to think about where where I'm gonna place them in my charts. Okay. This episode next episode is the last episode um of series eleven. Uh and I for one, it's called Can of Worms. Um, and I'm interested to see what you think of it, Daniela. Okay. Um, I'm very <laughs> interested. And I'm not sure how what, how I think of it myself, but okay. let me have that to look okay. forward to in the next episode. Yes. Um, so thanks for listening, guys. If uh, you want to get in touch with us um, on the internet or in real life, where can they find you, Daniela? I'm on Twitter at Daniela with one L Phillips. And any other social networks I'm, you want to give a shout out to? I'm on Instagram at Daniela Monica Phillips. And here I am at Twitter at Jed Shepherd, J-E-D-S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D. Same on Instagram. Lots of cool stuff on there, guys. Um, also, uh, you can check out what I'm up to on postpoprecords.com, postpoprecords.com, and there you will find all the stuff I do with famous bands and cool stuff. Um, also, check out Dawn of the Deaf, hashtag Dawn of the Deaf, um, at festivals all around you. Probably won a bunch of awards by the time you hear this. Um postpoppins.com check that out the ghost watch one's coming out soon with <gasps> Sarah Green exciting yeah that'll be cool um, and yeah hope you've enjoyed this episode and we'll see you later make heads bye bye